This is the Retirement Key Podcast with Pat Volk, financial advisor of Abish Financial Services. What I enjoy is really looking out for folks and helping them retire successfully and really put a little bit of ease in their life. You've worked hard your whole life to earn and save. Now you need a plan to make that money work hard for you. It's a totally different day and age now. You have to embrace the change, but I've always said it's about the plan. It's not about the products. Pat and the entire team at Abish Financial want to help you unlock the keys to your retirement. And I'm Heather Branch here with Pat talking about the things that you can be working on now in effort to better prepare for your financial future. You've spent your working years earning and saving. You're getting closer to your retirement goal, or perhaps you're already in retirement. You want to know that those savings that you work so hard for are going to be able to work hard for you in your retirement year. It's going to give you that income that you need for a happy retirement. And that's the entire team at Abish Financial Services are here to help you figure out. Mr. Volk, thank you for being here today. Thank you. It's uh, always an interesting conversation with the person that has you. I consider you not just a financial advisor type, but you are an economist at heart. You love following the ins and outs of all the news and what we're seeing with the Fed and, and the details and the workings. I would venture to say of all those papers, those documents, when they put out the huge publications, you're that guy that goes and reads them, are you not? I read summaries. <laughs> <laughs> right, you've got, you're like, I've got five children and a full-time job. Exactly. I, I've got time for summaries, Heather. Okay, got it. Exactly. Well, I know. I appreciate the effort because a lot of that stuff, even the summaries, is very, very complicated. I don't know. It's all Greek to me. And uh, trying to figure out what everything means is very intimidating. I'm sure that you have these conversations. People come to you and they're like, I literally have spent my career as an educator and I can't figure this stuff out. That's something that you see, is it not? Yes, it is. And it can be frustrating for folks that are educated and just looking to understand where they're headed with their financial future. But that's what Pat is here to help debunk the myths, unpack some of the information and explain what's going on with the world financially around you. And what I wanted to ask you about today is something that's close to my heart. I grew up in a very charitable household. My mother actually founded a charity for children with autism when people didn't even know what autism was back in the 80s. And Mm. we've just grown up in my whole life, you know, church going people and philanthropy has been a big, big part of my life, my whole life. So... I was very impressed with Mr. Michael Jordan. Now, wait a minute. Now, are you, I, I know you're a baseball guy, right? No, I'm not a sports guy at, at all. all. I thought at you were all. a baseball guy coming up in the no. Bronx. Well, I'll, I'll uh, basically, I love movies. Okay. No, I know that. <laughs> I know you're a movie guy and I totally get it. Uh, I'll go to a sports game, but I could care less. All right. Well, here's what I will say. When you say the name Michael Jordan and whether you're not in sports, I think every single person in America knows exactly who you're talking about. Oh, yeah. I actually, uh, in college, I sold sports shirts, hats, jackets, uh-huh. things of that nature. Yeah, so sports swag. Uh-huh. When Michael Jordan was Michael Jordan, I was selling a lot of his merchandise. Got it. Okay. Well, the six-time NBA champ actually just recently celebrated his 60th birthday And he did it in a very special way. Instead of getting the gift, he gave the gift and donated $10 million to the Make-A-Wish Foundation. It's the largest gift in the organization's history. Now, listen to me, Pat. Not all of us have Michael Jordan-type bank accounts. So (laughs) the idea of being able to give a big charitable gift is obviously something that so many of us would love to be able to do. But if you don't have $10 million, that's okay. We want to talk about ways to contribute to charities during our retirement. 
are there opportunities from a financial standpoint? This is something that's interested me because something that I have learned as I've gotten more into the financial conversation is there's ways to actually benefit in, in multiple different angles through one type of donation. So let's talk about that. I want to talk about charitable donations in retirement and how you help figure that out as part of plans that you build there at Abish Financial Services. Well, as far as giving to charity, I would say I love giving to charities. Most of the clients that we meet do give to charities. The majority of charitable contributions occurs, plainly said, every Sunday as money goes in the basket. Uh-huh. That's the majority of it. Okay. Where we did run into a bit of a bump in the road is when Trump changed the tax code. Yep. What happened is the standard deduction went so high that a great many people who are able to itemize and recognize their charitable contributions on their tax return, Mm -hmm. suddenly they were taking the standard, you take the higher of either your itemized or the standard, Mm -hmm. standard went so high that they were not seeing any tax benefit for the majority of their charitable contributions. Mm That affected a majority of charities. Oh, out I there. remember that happening. A lot of charities were really suffering because the the donations really not stopped completely, but slowed a lot. Correct. A lot of people are going to give to charity whether or not there is a tax benefit, mm-hmm. which is great. Mm-hmm. I think that just speaks to you know the goodness yeah. of people. Mm-hmm. But when we start looking at it from a tax perspective. We want to try to make sure that we are still able to get some tax benefits from giving. Okay. A few different ways around this. Okay. When someone is 70 and a half or older, they have available what is called a qualified charitable distribution, a QCD. Okay. That enables them to take money from their IRA and instead of paying it to themselves, they send that first distribution directly to a charity. Mm-hmm. They're not going to get to itemize that. However, they don't have to pay income taxes on that. Okay. That is significant because that's really what we're trying to do with a deduction. We're trying to avoid paying taxes on those dollars. Got it. So it really accomplishes the same thing. I said that they want to do it with first dollars because typically, I mentioned 70 and a half, that's when qualified charitable distributions are allowed. Mm -hmm. It used to be the same age as required minimum distributions. You had to start taking them at 70 and a half. Uh They've moved that age. They moved it to 73, now it's going to be 75 in the year 2033. Mm -hmm. So we do see some changes, but by taking dollars that you would normally have been forced to take as your required minimum distribution. If you do not need those dollars to spend, or if you are not getting recognized on other charitable contributions that you've made, Mm -hmm. a QCD is a fantastic way of avoiding taxes on those required minimum distributions. Just send them directly to a charity. They don't pay taxes, you don't pay taxes. You didn't get to itemize on it, but you avoided the taxation. And that was really what the ultimate goal was. This sounds like it would be a benefit also because you hear about folks that get to 72, 73 when they have to start doing their RMDs and they're saying, I don't want to, I don't need the money. Correct. This is a good opportunity for somebody in that position, right? Correct. I mean, if you're having trouble paying the bills, I would not recommend this because charity begins at home. Right. But if you do not need the excess cash flow, the RMD is kind of like, oh, I have to pay taxes on this thing now. I don't even need it. Send it to the charity. Okay. Got it. You're forced to take it. 
send it over, don't pay the taxes, you've accomplished a lot. For wealthier folks, uh-huh. and I have encountered these a uh, great many while I'm here at uh, Abish and even prior in my career, mm-hmm. we've had folks that might retire, they may have deferred compensation paying out, they may have a lot of those you know, golden parachutes, so to speak, okay. and their income goes up extraordinarily high. That's a great opportunity where they may want to overfund a charitable contribution for one particular year. Okay, got it. So let's say I typically give $10,000 a year to a charity. Maybe I would have the ability to give $50,000. What you might want to do in a circumstance like that is use what is called a donor advised fund, a DAF. Okay. It is not a charity in itself. It's usually set up through a financial institution where you can give a large sum of money it is invested. It does not go to work for the charitable purposes. It is still invested. But then you have the ability to say, wow, I gave that $50,000 to the donor advised fund, Mm -hmm. received my tax deduction for it. I can now decide to parse out $10,000 a year for the next five years to any charity of my choice. I'm not going to receive any further deductions. I received my deduction on that first fifty thousand. Mm-hmm. So it's solely a matter of recognizing the tax benefit up front, but then letting the charities milk off of that donor advised fund over the period of time of my choosing. Okay, and that because that's what I was going to say. You said that they, it doesn't go directly to the charity right at the beginning. And my moral compass, wait, wait a minute, <laughs> when, when do the charities get it? No, exactly. You hit on a major issue there. Yeah. Um, if you remember, when Lyft went public, the owners of Lyft contributed substantial sums. Lyft, the share writing company, LYF. Correct. Okay, yeah, okay. They contributed substantial sums to a donor advised fund Mm -hmm. and they received a tax deduction for it. Okay. A lot of people were extraordinarily upset because that money did not go into the pockets of people needing the money. It's sitting in an investment account. Okay. So now the folks can decide how they want to gift it, but they're not forced to. This isn't inside any type of trust or anything else. Most donor advised funds may have a time frame that you need to make a distribution at mm-hmm. least once every 10 years, but there is no forced mechanism. So we've really given a massive tax benefit to a lot of entities out there, yet can't show that those dollars are out and actually working for charitable purposes. Okay. So there is a, a double-edged sword there. Well, you know, and that's, that's a corporate conversation, but what we were talking about here are you know folks in the DC area, the Northern Virginia area, folks that come to you that might might have these kinds of opportunities, good-hearted people of Virginia, and they do have essentially then what you're saying is after a certain time period, at that point, say they donated $50,000 to this DAF, they can then choose, okay, I got that tax benefit, but now I want to make sure that this $10,000 goes to that charity, and they can do that at any time. Is that how it works? That's exactly it. They can do it at any time. And because I may not want to give my church or a charity $50,000 right up front. Right. So it's a way of me controlling it, but it's also a huge tax advantage because I need the tax advantage today, Mm -hmm. not five years from now. Okay. You mentioned to me off mic how you've done this a lot in your lifetime, the idea of charitable gift planning, because you actually worked for a nonprofit for a little while. Talk about that. I worked for the National Foundation uh, for Cancer Research for about a year and a half, Mm -hmm. something very dear to my heart. 
And this was a topic, frankly, a lot of the charities weren't even that familiar with. It is funny when you get involved with different organizations. I came in from a financial planning perspective. Yeah. These are not folks that are into finance, right. believe it or not. No, yeah. I mean, they, they're trying to fix whatever it is that their organization's about. And, and that's always a good, it's, that's why you want outsiders' perspectives, right? Exactly. And this was a smaller group, but to just bring up the idea of donor advised funds, qualified charitable distributions, it really opened up a full marketing you know, opportunity for these folks to raise additional funds. They realized the impact of, you know, the Trump tax code, how it did really hit them on the contributions that they were receiving. But as soon as I was able to say, you know what, there are other ways to give our benefactors tax advantages. We Mm -hmm. should be marketing this. We should be telling these folks about this. And it really made a huge difference. Because I imagine people got excited to know. It's like awesome. Like I Especially the charity. (laughs) (laughs) It's a win-win for everybody. It really was. It was fantastic. Okay, so bringing it back around to the folks that you helped there at Abish Financial Services, legacy planning and charitable donations within that retirement plan and the legacy plan, that's something also that you highlight, I'm sure. It is. I mean, estate planning, I would say, is... One topic that I do notice a lot of people tend to be remiss on. Okay. People like to make jokes about it. Oh, I'm going to bounce the last check to the undertaker. Uh-huh. You know, you hear that. Yeah. And my response is, uh, your timing has to be impeccable. Right. You know, on that one. That's right. <laughs> you really have to time it you well. You have to know things. Yeah. Exactly. Uh-huh. A lot of things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but when you're looking at estate planning, it, most folks want to leave assets to the family. But if you are charitably inclined, that's a great opportunity. You can put a charity as the beneficiary. Mm -hmm. of a life insurance policy, of an IRA, of a 401k. You can mention that a charity receive a percentage of the assets, be it in a will or through a trust. It is a great opportunity to finally, you know, upon your death, leave a legacy for yourself. And I'll bring back that donor advised fund. There are ways that you can actually have a donor advised fund inherited by your children, as an example. Okay. And talk about a legacy to leave. Sure. I can leave a sum of money. My children can't spend it, but they can now appreciate what it's like to be able to give those funds to charities and to be able to go out and help other people. I can't imagine leaving my children a better legacy than knowing that it's a good thing to help other people. Knowing what you don't know about charitable giving. So many of us want to give more, want to help our communities and the people in our communities, but don't know exactly how to go about doing it other than just kind of getting on that website. I think that's another thing that really comes into play, knowing that you have a little bit more control because you go to these websites, you don't, you hear all these stories, you don't know who to trust. Is it legit? Mm -hmm. Is this going to work? Is it going to happen the way that I want it to happen? But knowing that you can control some things, it really is also interesting and good to know that this is a very big part of your retirement and legacy planning. And the team at Abish Financial Services are here to help you figure it out in a plan of your own. So if you have questions about your charitable giving options and opportunities. Pat and the team at Abish Financial Services are here to help you get some answers to those questions and can begin this conversation with you anytime. You can find us always online at retirementkeyradio.com. Thanks for listening to the Retirement Key Podcast. Be sure to listen to the Retirement Key Radio Show Saturdays and Sundays on WMAL. 
Investment advisory services offered through Abish Financial Wealth Management, LLC, number 310633, a registered investment advisor firm. Financial professionals are not licensed in all 50 states. To find out if Abish Financial Services is licensed in your state, please call 571-577-9968. Abish Financial Services is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Abish Financial Services, Inc., Virginia Insurance License, number 12782. 